every night of all teams. Went out and played like swaggering dandies as the Hamlet do. An absolute humdinger from about 25 yards. Get it. Swaggering dandies. An absolute humdinger. Hello and welcome to Ford the Hamlet. My name is Ben Sibley and I'm joined by Hugo Greenhouch. Hello again. It's good to be back. Uh, we have changed locations once again. Uh, we are now in the Dutch Hamlet Supporters Trust mega container, uh, which is hopefully slightly less bothered by random noises coming from upstairs because there is no upstairs. Yeah, it's uh, just a single sh shipping container that you'll probably have seen uh, as you enter the ground to your left, the big uh, pink and blue box where you may have even bought something from over the years. This is no, where I we, have. You certainly have, yeah. I certainly have too. Um, and yeah, we're, we're surrounded by merch and a very nice collage of uh, stickers and posters from over the years. It's a nice place to be, actually. As you know, listeners, dearest listeners, myself and Hugo have a tendency to go on for rather a long time. Uh, and by a long time, that can be anywhere between 50 minutes and an hour and a half at some points last season. Uh, that is no more, and uh, we actually mean it. Uh, so we've come up with a new concise format, uh, which, again, as it's us, will probably change as the season goes on, but yeah. at least we're giving it a go. I'm already sniggering at the mention of concise because I don't think we really know the meaning of the word. But, yeah, we're going to give it a go. We've come up with a sort of chess-style timer format where we're going to be hitting a buzzer, and if we're waffling on too long, then it's on to the next topic, you know... I'm going to be fucking strict on this. As yeah, well. exactly. There's going to be no, there's going to be no pissing about anymore. Um, so maybe some anecdotes. May, still. There might be room for some anecdotes, but yeah, welcome to the new streamlined. Yeah, Gary Kasparov of the podcast world. Is that his name? That, that famous Jesper. Anyway, yeah. concise. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm actually on this first section. I'm going to start a bloody timer, listeners, on my phone. So ten minutes on this first section. Go, Hugo. So this section is called, What Did We Learn This Summer? I know what you learned this summer. Uh, so we come up with three things that uh, we thought were noteworthy that have happened over the summer at Dulwich Hamlet. And the first one, incidentally, is called, Everything is New. What, have I, what do I mean by that, Ben? I think you mean, Hugo, that very few players remain in the squad from last season. Those players who do remain are Nairn Clunas, Quade Taylor, Dippo Akinyemi, Preston Edwards, and Arian Tajbashk. So that is a very small sample of the players who finished the season with Dulwich and are now still here. We've had a lot of new signings. Um, the management team have been busy uh, getting new players in, getting their, their signatures on the dotted line, as it were. Literally, as it were. Um, and we have a very new-look squad, don't we? How do you feel about that, Ben? Uh... I feel great uh, based on what's happened since we signed them. Uh, more on that in a bit. Uh, but as the players were coming in, I was getting tagged in a tweet by the official club account every, some days every half an hour with a new signing. Uh, it was usually two players for the same position coming in as well. So it wasn't just a few signings here and there. It was a proper overhaul uh, of the squad uh, with what I think everybody knows already anyway is an increased playing budget, obviously with the, with the calibre of players that we signed. Uh, so it was actually quite exciting watching them come in. You know, pre-season is always an exciting time because you expect your club to sign players. But this was particularly enthralling, I think. What do you think? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. It was um, it was fun, and I think you know a lot of football fans do get a kick out of their their club signing new players, and and um, this this is no different for Dolich because yeah, it's um, it's a whole new batch of players. We get to learn about their backstories and where they've been before. Some are a little bit older; they've been around this level for a while. But we've also got um, quite a few younger guys who've who've been at professional clubs, and uh, I think what they can offer to the team too is is very exciting. Um, but yeah, probably worth mentioning too as well that the, there's a new training structure at Dulwich. Um, the team have gone full time, and I'm putting like little quotation marks around that because obviously it's not quite professional in the way that uh, a league club would be. But it's um, it's three mornings a week now that they're training. Um, we've got some new playing fields just behind the back of Champion Hill that the the club are training on and um yes yeah, uh it's very exciting because it means like the club are really kind of based around the campus of champion hill they, they come in here on the mornings get changed in the changing rooms cross over the pitch do the training and then come back and have lunch in the clubhouse that's put on by the catering team there so yes yeah, it's, it's becoming a lot more real and a lot more serious would you agree yeah, I think uh, just on that last point about um, them, tra- them training so close to the club now, because they used to train uh, in Bromley uh, using Bromley Football Club's facilities. Um, but uh, being able to train this close to Champion Hill, uh, surely it makes them feel more settled. You know, they turn up, get changed in the changing rooms here at uh, Champion Hill and then just walk, I don't know, 500 yards behind through towards the housing estates and all of a sudden they're on this carpet-like training surface it, it surely makes you feel more settled and it makes you feel like there's less upheaval and you're in a more comfortable environment to hone your skills and to bed in quickly which is so important when you sign all these new players which is which is a very um, pertinent point to make actually these players have all come in within the space of probably 10 days of each other there was a flurry of signings and they've all come in and had to gel really quickly and I think having such a settled environment for them to do that is is really important and and kind of um i don't know if it probably a coincidental you know match of new things that have have taken place over the summer that have really um, benefited both i think yeah definitely and i think it's it's giving uh giving a sort of new sense of purpose to the whole to the whole club and when a new player comes in and he sees this and he thinks it's the norm i think that's probably a massive lift for them and it just confirms for them that they've made the right decision to to join Dulwich um so yeah it's been really good and like you know kind of speaking to some of the the players um the new signings I think they've they've really been impressed by what what they've seen so far I think uh Charlie Granger was saying that he uh he's got a mate at, at Berry, and obviously Berry are going through their own problems at the moment but they do have you know good facilities they're a big big football league club historic football league club and you know he was saying that you know he was telling his mate what they were doing in terms of the training and the physio uh, access we have now as well and his mate was like oh that's that's amazing like you know you know you guys are are essentially doing what a professional league club would be doing and that's what we do want to do because obviously there are ambitions for this club to to keep on moving up the leagues Um, but you know without without the old there would be no new and an old goalkeeper was passing through these uh these walls the other day um phil wilson popped along to training a uh, former goalkeeper and uh, i was lucky enough to have a little catch up with him and uh one one story he had for me uh, i thought was worth worth sharing 
Uh, Phil, as you may know, plays for Glebe now, uh, a, a smaller club in managers. Managers, yeah. Um, Say that, Ben. Oh yes, yeah, so we manager now. Yes, um, Glebe, and they had, they had some away game last season over out in in Gravesend or somewhere like that. And um, one of the Glebe players was enjoying himself. He'd, you know, gotten through most of a bottle of vodka from what Phil was telling me, and uh, yet to give him a lift home afterwards. And the players left his phone in in Phil's car. And um, Phil's like, oh, you know, what should I do? I'll pr- probably give it back to him later this week in training. And suddenly he gets a call and uh, Billy Crook's name has popped up on the phone. <laughs> Billy Crook being another ex-player, someone we're very fond of, someone we waxed lyrical about on this podcast before. Phil's like, yeah, all right, I'll pick that up then. All right, Bill, it's Phil. <laughs> and um, they, they haven't spoken in a while, but uh, they end up having a really nice catch-up. And it's uh, all because this other non-league player has uh, got pissed and left his yeah. phone in Phil Wilson's car. Um, small circles. They are small circles. And um, it's probably enough on that first point. Um, Billy Crook has signed for East Thurrock, by the way. Congratulations to him. Interesting. Yeah, I was, um, I was complimenting him on the Joma kit that he was wearing. Yeah. Because uh, I thought it was uh, very La Liga esque. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he enjoys that. Shout out, Bill, if you're listening. Yeah, as, not. as as always. Yeah. Um, but speaking of you know legendary two footed midfielders who can do bits in the middle, uh, there's one player who uh, I think Ben was very quick to cotton on to in terms of uh, his ability and his perhaps uh, aesthetic. aesthetic and potential reputation as a bit of a fan favourite. Who am I talking about, Ben? Ben Chappers Chapman. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what what struck you so much when you first saw Chappers play for Dulwich? Uh, I think you can tell very quickly, even in a warm up, uh, when a player is of a technical ability that really stands out. And uh, when we uh, headed up to Liverpool uh, over the summer for those couple of pre-season friendlies, uh, the first, that, I think that was the first couple of times I saw him well, properly. And uh, my oh my, is he a centre midfielder? Jesus Christ, he's he's only 20, uh, he's come to us from Gillingham, I think he turned down a new deal at Gillingham uh, to come here, as far as I know, it could be wrong, uh, and he can use both feet, um, for those of you who don't know, that's left and right feet, uh, <laughs> and uh, he can pass, he can tackle, he's quick, um, he works really bloody hard, uh, He's always, he's one of those players, it sounds like a cliche, but he's always got two or three more seconds on the ball than anyone else because of his awareness and his movement and his appreciation of space and angles. Um, he's just a classic centre midfield pivot uh, but can also get stuck in. Um, he's he's just a dream to watch and he's he's he reminds me and a few other fans of Kenny Beanie but like Kenny Beanie eight years ago and better because he just is. He's He looks slightly similar. He wears an Alice band a la Jack Grealish, his socks are always halfway down his shins. Uh, he's just like a bit of a throwback, I think, to creative centre midfielders of yore. And uh, I'm I'm fully in. Yeah, and as some of you have been coming to the game so far this season, maybe didn't catch pre-season, you'll, you'll be thinking, oh, well, where is this? Uh, where is this Chappers character? Well, he's actually still serving suspension from his time on loan at Faversham last year. So we understand he's probably going to be back next weekend for the Concord game on Saturday at home. So if you were thinking of maybe coming to a game, why not make it that one? Because uh, we might get our first uh, our first taste of the Chappers show. Um, but 
going back to the tour to Liverpool quickly, uh, in the second friendly against Marine, who are uh, a lovely little club uh, just outside of Liverpool city centre, um, we, we were playing them for their 125th anniversary game. And Chappers had, had played the full 90 pretty much. And in, in the dying minutes of the game, we were 3-2 up at this point. He has the ball on the edge of the box and he just hit it top corner and it was a brilliant goal one of the best goals I've seen with his left foot yeah with his left foot um, one of the best goals I've seen oh time is up so add one minute good <laughs> um, so that's Ben Chapman I guess we better move on to our, our third thing that we learned this summer um, we now have a women's team yeah uh, Dulwich Hamlet women are now a team original name yeah um, a bit of backstory here um a South London-based club called AFC Phoenix have been competing for a few years um, around the kind of sixth, fifth tier of uh, of women's football in in the country, and they've now changed their name to Dulwich Hamlet Women's. They've come on board. They are playing at Champion Hill. They are now Dulwich Hamlet Women, um, and it's a great addition to the club, isn't it? Yeah, I've made quite a few of their friendies over the summer, um, including the one against. Crystal Palace there was 260 270 people here which was brilliant for pre-season friendly let alone for the new women's team um, so people have really taken them um, on board and add another minute add another minute uh, and uh, yeah they've been a breath of fresh air around the club and the quality is really good they play some really good football there's a couple of real standout players um, particularly Raquel Allen Racky Allen who uh, I believe, according to club director Tom Cullen, is Catalonian uh, and uh, wears bright orange boots, is a proper striker, um, is the focal point of the team. So if you uh, want to come down and support them, they play on Sundays at two o'clock every week um, for the foreseeable future. The first league game is this Sunday against Aylesford United. I think that's correct. Uh, it's cheap to get in. It's £4 to get in, £2 concessions. Uh, and I think a pound? No, free for season ticket holders. Yeah, your season ticket covers it if you have one already. And if you're still thinking about getting one, why not? Because you get all the men's games and all the women's games thrown in. So, you know, I can't think of better value for a season ticket. Um, but yeah, I, I actually went to the... Add another minute. <laughs> so... I went to the uh, award... Delete, start new timer. <laughs> Carry on. I went to the awards night for AFC Phoenix uh, at the end of their season, um, which is sort of their last night as AFC Phoenix. And it was great to meet some of the team and just sort of hear their excitement about becoming Dulwich Hamlet. And I think that was sort of the night that it hit home for them, just like quite what this meant. And suddenly they're playing in a brilliant stadium. They're part of the club. They, you know, they're going to be recognised by fans and have people cheering them on. And um, yeah, it's very much a reality now. So we're both very excited about this. And we hope that those excitements are shared by the wider Dulwich Hamlet fan base. Yeah, and the last point on that before we move on is um, their away kit is going to be on sale from this Sunday from um, the mega container um, in which we sit right now. Uh, and it honestly, it's in this current period of new kit reveals that clubs go through every summer and you get all these clothing outlets and hype beasts all salivating over these new drops uh this new kit is uh has a white bright white base with a pink and blue sash 
uh, and it is honestly one of the nicest kits I've ever seen. Uh, and I will be copying, I think, <laughs> I think people say, uh, at least one when it is released this Sunday. Uh, and also through a, a, a link of uh, Monkey, the superstar DJ, who is actually uh, part of the DHFC women's setup, uh, Defected Records will be one of the sponsors on the back. Uh, so I'm, I just want to buy a football kit just to have that on it, really. To That's pretty cool. So um, it's going to be £40 of my money, and I'm happy with it. Wicked. What can you tell me about Defected Records? Absolutely nothing. Nice. <laughs> well, all to find out. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to their closing party in Ibiza in September. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, so no recording that weekend. No. Uh, right. Well, um, having covered the summer and the new developments, we thought we would catch up on the game so far. We've got seven minutes and 52 seconds. I'm, I'm willing to face that. Um We've won three and three, hundred uh, percent record. Yeah. Um, I don't think we quite expected it to go quite this well, but given I a... thought it might, yeah, given the players we signed, yeah, I thought if they gel quickly, then we could get off to a good start. I think, I think I agree, but I think given the circumstances, we've had a lot, we've had a lot of injuries, and we're very depleted in the midfield and in the goalkeeping position, uh, yeah. which we have addressed. But I mean both areas where you don't really want injuries but um yeah we've we've done remarkably well and i think just in summary of the three games the the character and the fight that the team have showed has been really impressive and really encouraging for a season where i expect us to be challenging um so should we start at tunbridge yeah first game of the season uh, always quite a fun one quite a local They'd been promoted last season out of the super playoff. Yeah. Um, so mess. once they won their league playoffs, they then had to play another game to get up, which they did. Michael Kamara was involved, as with every playoff final that weekend. <laughs> Couldn't get enough, could he? Um, so yeah, we we went down Summers together, didn't we? Um, paid uh, paid our dues at the. Uh, Biggest spoons in the world, obviously, because uh, you have to every time you go to Tunbridge. Waited at the bar for ten minutes and then remembered that there's an app, so stood at the bar for 10-15 minutes and then just walked outside and ordered on the app and got it a lot quicker. Yeah, such as 2019, such as life. <coughs> um, but it was not long before we arrived in Tunbridge Stadium itself and the game had kicked off. That the were down to ten men. Seven minutes. Seven minutes. Thanks, um, Quaid. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> new season excitement in the bin. Yeah, I mean we talk about we talk about all these new signings and uh, the <laughs> lot of upheaval, but it's good to see Quaid carrying on the legacy of last year of of making life very difficult for ourselves. Quaid's catch up. Yep, um, early catch up, first half catch up, <laughs> first ten minutes catch up. You you love to see it, don't Opening you? Opening weekend catch up. Um, but we actually probably played better with ten men oh, than, yeah. than we'd been playing with eleven, and. Um, the team worked so hard. We were really creative, and it was our new captain, David Ajaya, who scored the first goal of the season from a corner. He didn't um, even have to move; he was just planted right on his bonds, just stood there. And it was brilliant, wasn't it? Like he held off four men at once. <laughs> he'd been tussling with the centre back and the goalkeeper, like in the six-yard box, and the referee had been like, "Calm down, calm down." And literally, the corner then got taken, and he just heads. He just. <laughs> Takes a yard off them with his shoulder. He just and, holds them there. Yeah, and, and headed it in. Uh, it was brilliant. Really enjoyable goal, I think, to well, watch. I think the fact we went down to 10 men meant that he had 
even more of an opportunity to showcase his ability and his key skills in terms of grabbing a game by the scruff of the neck, getting about people, tackling people, really leading a team when they need it the most. He would have done that anyway if we had 11 men, but because we had 10 men, he was just momentous in the middle of the pitch, which we haven't had for a few years, apart from maybe when Ibby was you know, a, a bit closer to his prime yeah. three or four years ago. Yeah. No, I think um, it, it was... He was monstrous. Yeah. Cads was saying he's very much like, uh, you know, Ibby. Yeah. Ibby of yesteryear. Your. Yeah. Um, which we've all kind of been crying out for yeah. since since that figure has kind of declined a little bit. But uh, yeah, he's been... He looks like a brilliant signing. He, yeah. um He's strong. He, he plays the ball around. He's got a good shot. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah he just looks like a fantastic addition to the team I notice he has this manoeuvre where he sort of picks up the ball pivots around and in doing so just kind of barges his man out of the way and then suddenly he's got two yards of space it's almost like an, oh, bear with me here uh, it's almost like an oil tanker change direction more quickly than an oil tanker would and then that crest or that whatever you call it taking out everything in its path yeah. So it seems like a shockwave. Yeah, I'll give like, you that. Like a, an Ajaha shockwave. An Ajaha shockwave. And it, yeah, it sort of creates this extra bit of space that he can then move into and distribute or play out wide. Um, and it was one of our wide men who worked the second goal, wasn't it? Um, who got brought down in the box? Honestly, I can't remember. Um, was, it, was it Jeff Monacana? Or was it Nyron? I can't remember. Hmm. Well, we want a penalty, and their goal got sent off. off for it for bringing down our player in the box. Dubbed catch up. Um, and their right back went in goal. Who we didn't test for the rest of the no, game. We that, didn't make a single save, which was ridiculous. But didn't really matter because we then <clears throat> he kind of squat jumped to the left for the penalty. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Monacana, Jeff scored another one of the new signings. He dispatched a penalty, two 0 up. Uh, we then, you know. Tired legs started to show, didn't they? We've been working so hard with ten men for about sixty minutes, yeah. and um, even though they had a right back and goal, yeah. uh, didn't really seem to make any difference. No. And they went on to score at the other end, didn't they? They got a penalty, didn't they? they had a penalty yeah. Of their own, yeah, yeah, they did have a penalty. Which uh, Tommy Brewer smashed home. I think it was mm. Tommy Brewer, um, their centre midfielder. He's a, a bit of a non-league journeyman. Um, but yeah, we, we held on, and I thought at the end of that game, as I have done in the previous two, which we'll come on to, sorry, the um, following two, um, that's a game last season which we probably would have drawn. Yeah. Possibly even lost. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, like, we've seen so many times heads drop when there's been a red card, because we do get a lot of red cards. Yeah. And, um, you know, not not these players not being able to find it within themselves to, like, crack on and really dig hard, and maybe that's a fitness thing. Too true, but um, certainly the mentality and the willingness to fight for your teammates is has been exceptional. Uh, it's been really, really great to see. Um, on to Wealdstone, yeah, first home game of the season, yeah, Tuesday night lights, um, back at Champion Hill. Um, Wealdstone, strong team, they finished in the playoffs last season, um, but this was a really tight contest, wasn't it? Mm. Could have gone either way. Wilson probably the better team in fact but um, again we um, we scored in the first half Richard Orlu this time one of our new centre-backs um, got like a tap in from a corner didn't he 
Yeah, it was one of those goals where the ball ends up in the back of the net and so does the player who <laughs> scored the goal. And then the celebration happens in the back of the net as well because it all just yeah. everyone just turns into a five-year-old kid and it's just like, bundle! <laughs> uh, I think someone at the time said, I hope that every goal we score this season ends up with the goal scorer and all <laughs> the team in the net with them celebrating as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, we're, we're dangerous from set pieces this season. Richard Orley is about six foot five, I think. Yeah, uh, I think signed from Welling in the summer. Richard Orley could have had a hat trick that day. He, oh, had, yeah. he, had, he had another header and then another chance. He had a side to, volley to his feet. Yeah, night. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that looks like we're going to be a threat from them finally. Wilson looked really good though. I th- I thought when we were playing them because that let's be honest for probably the whole of the second half and much the first half they were on top and causing us a lot of problems. They looked really street smart and played some really nice football. Uh, bear with me. Yes, had another minute. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think that's a huge result. We held on for the 1-0 win uh, here on a Tuesday night at Champion Hill. Big attendance as well. Um, was it up around 1,500? Yeah, just, just what, shy. Yeah, Which yeah. for a first Tuesday night home game of the season in August when people are still on holiday and still getting used to the fact that football's actually back, Yeah, I thought it was a great effort. Yeah. Um, and yeah we held on for the win dug deep and uh, it was six points in two games where last season it could have been one yeah um, we we showed our depth a little bit in that game as well because we brought on Lewis White with not long to go he's a Millwall Academy lad who we've picked up in the summer not had many minutes on the pitch yet even in pre-season but whenever he has come on he's looked really quite dangerous Dangerous, and uh, he had a, he had quite a big chance towards the end, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he looked really tricky, really dangerous. He yeah. looked a bit like a cut above, to be honest. When a player yeah. comes on and immediately looks technically and tactically very, very yeah, good. he's someone who Gavin has said he kind of expects to go back to football league. I mean, the uh, the Reese Alassani comparison has been made, yeah. possibly because they look very similar, yeah. but I mean, play slightly similar. Yeah, as well. they do play slightly similar as well, and they they both have very good movement. Yeah. So yeah, that was a, a very encouraging result. And then we welcomed St. Albans to Champion Hill on Saturday. Correct. The game we just played. Um, how did this how did this begin? Dom Dom Vos was back in the lineup, wasn't he? Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, why do you say unfortunately? I can't bloody hell. Uh, there's a bus coming fast. I think you just. Edge me towards it. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's very good. <laughs> I don't rate him as a player. Game's all about opinions. My opinion is is that Don Vos doesn't really fit the team, and I don't think he's ever really done so either. He showed he showed flashes of of talent, which we know that he has because he's played at a high level, and, and at that high level, he has had moments where clubs have considered him a, a very good player, but. I'm not entirely convinced. So when I when I see his name on the team sheet, I'm not entirely enthralled, really. Um, and on Saturday, he's got it in him. He seems a bit petulant at times. He's he's not really been in much uh, disciplinary trouble with us since he joined a couple of years ago. But I, he just seems like a slight, a bit like a petulant player. And he 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 got annoyed at, uh, I think it was St. Albans centre-back, the number five at one point, about about half an hour in maybe, yeah. and grabbed him by the throat, and as soon as you do that, the player's probably going to go down holding his throat, which he did, and after the referee spoke to his assistant, you know what's coming, really. Although, the referee did go for his side pocket, which was annoying, so to begin with, everyone was thinking, oh, it's just a yellow, and then very swiftly reached for his 
back bloody pocket and pulled out more ketchup. Yeah. No, the, the, so it's 10 men again after half an hour at home to a team who weren't struggling last season and you're thinking this is going to be another slog. Yeah. Um, but the game changed at half time, didn't it? When Gavin brought on Nairon Clunas making his 450th appearance for Dulwich. Um, which again we looked fine with 10 men yeah yeah. before you know between half an hour and and half time yeah Um, and Naren had an instant impact Um, he he offers such an outlet with his pace Um, you know he's been at the club 10 years but he still must be one of the quickest players at the club one of the quickest players in this league I would have thought and it it really stretched them and um, yeah he, uh, he got the first goal um, incredible assist by Aaron Barnes as well yeah. a, a cross or a throwing came in and Aaron Barnes managed to <clears throat> he ran past the ball and then managed to lean backwards and head it back into the six yard box and Nyron volleyed it home uh, as an open goal so he slammed it into the back of the net yeah we've been big advocates of uh, Barnesy haven't we since uh, oh Barnesy yeah since he joined yeah. he um, he really impressed us in his trial period over the summer during the pre-season games um, he's a very quick full back who, you know, likes the give and go. He likes to cross. He's got really good pace, which is obviously such a key attribute for a fullback. Um, and yeah, he just looks very, very solid there. Yeah. He even played left back actually against uh, yeah. against uh, Wealdstone, didn't he? Yeah. With uh, Ryan Case going up right back in that game. Um, yeah. Um, so we won the up, uh, but then not long after, uh, Saint Albans equalised. You you called it one of the best goals you've seen at this level. One of the best team goals I've seen. Yeah. Uh, on watch, on watching it back on the DHSC TV, it's a nice move. It's a, like it's, <laughs> it's, it's, how many times have we done this? It's a nice move, like four passes strung together. I think it's just the angles of the passes were nice, and then there's like a fourth man run in behind the defence, and then he latches onto it, and then it's like a almost like an Aubameyang dinked finish that kind of wrapped its way around the side net as it fell into the goal. Uh, it was it was a really nice goal. Maybe not one of the best I've seen here. Really, really nice team goal. Well, probably one of the best you'll see this season in this league. Um, that plus the really nice finish. I just really enjoyed it. I uh, couldn't really have anything bad to say about our defending. We just got cut to shreds by some really nice movement and a really classy finish. So it's fair enough, to be honest. Uh, it's going to happen with 10 men. There's always going to be a, a man running who isn't being tracked. Um, so they worked the space well and yeah it was a nice goal yeah um, but I think what was great about this game is that we didn't let the heads drop after that we kept fighting um, you know every decision you know Junior Caddy was giving the linesman an earful on the sideline and the pressure was building <clears throat> you <clears throat> you could sense that we were going to have another opportunity to get a goal and uh, 87th minute we win a corner Uh Jack Connors, who's another player who's probably worth some airtime, um, plays it short to Nairon. Short corner is obviously getting audible groans in the uh, in the stand behind us. And uh, Clunas whips it in. I never work. <laughs> and the centre-back, Wilson centre-back or whoever it was, just headed it into his own net. And it was just fucking brilliant. Like, um, Pandemonium. There was pandemonium. The whole bench, the whole dugout were out. Yeah, because I think about a minute beforehand, a decision had gone against us. Yeah. And we were within earshot of Gavin Caddy, and they were livid. Yeah. Absolutely lost it. I think we didn't get a free kick. I think someone was taken out, something like that. And then 60, 90 seconds later, that happened. And Caddy and uh, Gav were giving it the big 
Fergie and Brian Kidd yeah, on the touchline, yeah, yeah. which is uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, very enjoyable. To yeah, watch. no, a very apt comparison. It wasn't, it wasn't quite Mourinho Porto. <laughs> no, I think that'll be at Billericay this year, won't it? <laughs> um, yeah, my, my favourite moment, probably, possibly my favourite moment of the season so far, in any sense, was um, Aaron Barnes picking up the ball and all that and just booting it <laughs> over the main stand at, uh, at Champion Hill. I missed that. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't see it happen. I didn't see the booking, but I did get a little update on my oh, phone no. from, from the Dulwich Twitter that uh, Barnes had been booked for that. But Take it. Yeah. I'm Take the fine. More, more than happy to see that go into the book for uh, a moment of shithousery like that. Um but yeah, I... I... <laughs> Booked for k- k- kicking a ball onto Sainsbury's roof. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I thought it was a, it was a great performance from the lads. Um, Again, grit, determination. Yeah, Not yeah. breaking. Exactly. Three more points when it could have been none or one last season. Yeah. We could have quite conceivably had one point from these three games last season and we've got nine. Yeah, it's, it's great. And, um, you know, we've got eight games this month. It's going to be hard. We're, we were not going to win them all. But to start with three wins is fantastic. And if you get that momentum going with that many games coming thick and fast, you hear players say before, you don't really even think about it. You just go into the next game confident and all of a sudden you build up momentum and it's a snowball effect. And before you know it, you've won five games in a row. Six, seven. Yeah. Like, who knows? Good um, players to come back like Chapman, Ijaha. Yeah. Um, Hunt as well. Connor Hunt is still out. Huge, yeah. Um, and he's an incredibly talented player. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that sort of brings us up to the present day, yeah. doesn't it? Um, three from three, nine from nine. Hemel Hempstead tonight. This is going out on Tuesday. So yeah. Tonight yeah. is Hemel Hempstead. Um, who, you know, that was a game we lost last season away. But now we're coming in with a bit of momentum, much more confidence. Um you know the whole tooting lull uh, is behind us. Um, you know, so I expect the team to go in all guns blazing. And you know, look how good we've been with ten men so far this season. Think how good we could be with eleven once we get sort of playing our football. So um, yeah, um, I expect that to be another good game. Um, and then of course we face Concord at home on Saturday. Yeah, who've had a very good start to season two. They're, joint top. They're joint top. With us. Um, I'm talking. Dakari Sheriff, who we had on loan last season from Colchester, has joined them in the summer. He's been banging in the goals so far. I think he has four goals in three games. So he'll be one to watch, but at least he's a known quantity. Um, but yeah, speaking of strikers. We need to police him. We, do, we will need to police him. Um, speaking of strikers. See? Um... We've had one of our own join this summer. Um, Danny Mills is a player who Ben and I have both been fond of for quite some time. He's a real kind of cult figure uh, in these non-league southern circles. Mainly through his time at Whitehawk, really, as they came up through the leagues, he progressed with them and became the player he is today as they went up. Yeah. Um, massive appeal, part of the appeal for me is that um, he's another brother with glasses um, who plays up top. So, you know, I've got to hand it to him for progressing slightly further than I have in, in my playing career. But, um, yeah, he's uh, he joined Dulwich quite early in the summer, played through pre-season, and he, he impressed us a lot, didn't he? Um, yeah. There was a period sort of in the Tour de Liverpool yeah. where he scored four goals in about... 
36 hours yeah something like that that. it was ridiculous but um yeah he's um he offers a lot but i think we we're often quick to judge strikers on their their goal return i think you know the kind of Wikipedia-fication of modern football is meant, you know, it's so easy to look up a striker or a player and see how many goals they scored. And if it's not one in two, then they're kind of considered not a good striker or not an effective striker. But Danny Miller is absolutely an effective striker. And I think him leading the line from Dulwich this season is going to be a really exciting storyline to follow. Mm. Um, yeah, we just thought we'd spend a few minutes talking about that. And, um, what was it that kind of caught your attention about? Well, the first thing that caught my attention was Danny Mills himself and his performances since he joined, as you say. Uh, we've been a fan for years, um, mainly because I've seen him score a lot of goals through footage online. I've heard Whitehawk fans wax lyrical about him. His name always pops up whenever I'm checking football web pages. He's always played for teams like either who have an affiliation with Dulwich or are close geographically to Dulwich. He's yeah. always just been a name that's in our lexicon, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, um, I was really, really happy on my signing, really excited. It's a big summer signing, the star signing of the summer, um, you know, in this raft of signings, he really stood out. Um, and he really impressed us on the tour de Liverpool, really impressed us, as, we, as you've said. He's really, really impressed me since the season has started. He hasn't scored, but he's led the line better than I've seen any striker at the club do since we started coming. Um, He's the classic target man in one sense. Um, he's tall. He's probably six foot five, I imagine. Um, he's he's a huge threat in the air. He, you know, you can hit a long ball to him, and he'll, the likelihood is he'll bring it down. But the key thing with him is he's clever. He's got he's really got a football brain, and he understands he understands when to try and bring it down and when to hold on to it for a few seconds. He knows when to flick it on. He knows when to make runs in behind. Um, he's a real joy to watch. I, I really, really appreciate what he's been doing so far, and I think he's going to be a huge player for us, and he will score a lot of goals, which is why I was really bamboozled after the St Albans game by the Southwark News match report, who essentially said that um, Danny Mills was disappointing and Dulwich won't mount a playoff challenge um, as we still haven't found a player who's going to score goals or help us in that department. Um and I just thought it was really, really lazy, uh, and it was just quite frustrating to to read that and think that someone in a position who is covering Dulwich Hamlet games would write that. Um, what I considered not factually incorrect, um, but just I didn't really understand where it was coming from, and I didn't really see how he'd got to that point. So I t I tweeted about it from our Twitter account, just saying that I find it quite ridiculous that people are writing off Danny Mills after three competitive games. Half of this playing time has been in a team with 10 men, and yet he's led the line better than he has done, than any other striker has done for years. Because um, I thought I was onto something, and the, the replies I've got from. Add one minute. Uh, the replies I've got from 20, at least 20 fans. Um, you know, Gavin Powers has said, have they even watched him play? He's a great addition to the squad, and he wins virtually every ball in the air. Billy Crook, the aforementioned Billy Crook, uh, centre midfielder at East Thurrock and ex Dulwich. Uh, he said, I played with Dan when we were younger and I've played against him over the years. You always know you're in a game with him. He's dangly and he's awkward. He brings others into play well. It's going to be big for Dulwich. 15 goals, I think. Um, who else have we got here? Southside John has said, absolutely. One of the best at what he does. Moroccan Sunset has said that he's absolutely vital to the way we play. He's a cracking centre forward. Nick Thompson says he started exceptionally. 
he keeps defenders busy. Uh, excellent start. Um, what's what's Kim Connor have to say? He's uh, he's an ex player. Yeah, Kim Connor is an ex Dulwich Hamlet player, club legend. He says, I think I know a good centre forward and target man when I see one. And in my opinion, add one minute, he is certainly one of the best I've seen playing for Hamlet. Um, so, you know, I'm scrolling through and there's there's more uh, nice and positive words about Danny Mills. Um, so, yeah, I just essentially wanted to sing Danny Mills' praises and also just call out some journalism, which I don't really think is fair, that has been pushed out via quite a reputable South London news outlet, basically. But the main point here is that Danny Mills is fucking class and I think he's going to be a really important player for Dulles this season. Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to his first goal, um, which I'm sure we won't have to wait too long for. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you might have noticed I've sort of been trying to push um, a little term, a little buzzword, uh, since pre-season, actually. No, I hadn't noticed. No? Well, it's called Gavi Ball. And it's inspired by Sari Ball, which uh, was the the style of football that uh, Mauricio Sani played. Is he called Mauricio? Mauricio Sari. Yeah, Mauricio Sari played at Napoli. And but new at Chelsea. Tried to push it at Chelsea, but it was no very successful and certainly not very popular with the fans. But when I've seen some nice passages of passing play around at Dulwich, I've been trying to say, like, oh, this is Gavi Ball. This is Gavin Rose's type of fluid attacking football that I love. And I think having a striker like Danny Mills is intrinsic to playing that sort of football. Like, you need someone who's going to win that goal kick, going to win that long ball, get it down, control it, play it out, and then you recycle the possession and it can go back into the danger zones. Like Higuain with Mertens and Insigne or Callahan. Precisely, and... Fuck, you might be onto something. That's annoying. Perhaps what he was trying to achieve with Giroud and Morata at Chelsea last season, but was only given one year and to Higuain. do so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and Higuain even, lest we forget. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, um, you know, we saw, for instance, at, at the World Cup, France going all the way with Giroud playing up front. Didn't score in that run. It's... It's 2019. You don't need your centre forward to score goals. It's mm. not entirely what they're in the team for anymore. Exactly, and we've already seen that the you know we're going to have goals from Clunas and Monacana on the wings. They they both looked really exciting as well. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll have some goals from midfield and the likes of Smith and Monlui and Ajaya, and even going further back the pitch, like we said, what a threat Orlu was against uh, against Wealdstone the other night from set pieces. Um, so yeah, the team's got the height and it's got the muscle, and um, yeah, I think we can be we can be a threat from all over the park. But um, yeah, uh, there was there was one goal actually in preseason which I thought was peak Gabby ball, where Chappers I think picks up the ball in the middle, he knocks it wide to Monacana on the left wing, Monacana cuts inside onto his stronger right foot, whips it in. And then you see Danny Mills extend his right foot, jumping in the air, left foot back. It's, I've already seen this pose from him a number of times. He controls the ball right in front of the keeper's path, and it's laid off for Clunas to volley home from a few yards out. So just ping, 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 ping. And it was a lovely move. And um, yeah, I think um, I'm more than happy to see the goals going in from close range, scrappy, six-yard box finishes. But when we can still show that we're playing this passing football that you know Gavin Rose has invested so much of his thought into, it's nice, the best of both. 
Excellent. So Danny Mills, thumbs up. Absolutely thumbs up. Double thumbs up. Quadruple thumbs up. Quadruple thumbs up. So, <laughs> uh, well, we've tried to be concise. I think it's probably better than usual. We're probably still on quite a long time. So I've added, I've quietly added another timer. So uh, we've got 30 seconds left of that. Is there anything else? Should we call it? Probably call we've it. We've mentioned the game's yeah. coming up. Yeah. Uh, what else? We're on social media. Yeah, we've still got all those t-shirts that we always bang on about that yeah. you might have seen around the ground. Um, so hop on our spread shirt link and buy them. Yeah, that's on our Instagram account or we'll post it on Twitter at some point. We've got six seconds left. I've been Ben Sibley. He's oh, been... Hugo Greenhouge. We've been for the Hamlet. See you very soon. Good night. Bye. An absolute humdinger from about 25 yards. Get it. Swaggering dandies. An absolute